Welcome to the Designated Drinker Show, the podcast that's raising the bar on craft cocktails. I am your host, Louise Salas, and with me, as always, is my very, very talented friend, who, in my opinion, is a special blend of culinary genius and the master of all things liquid. It's the mixtress, DC Gina. <laughs> Did you remember my name at the end there? I was trying to be dramatic. I know. I was trying to like, you know, make it you like hold on to every single syllable, make it mean something. It was it was really good. <laughs> Did, I'm like, was it dramatic? Did you Mr. like it? Randy Watson. <laughs> That's what you wanted to say, really. I did go to take drama classes, just so you know. <laughs> Me too. It's called being raised in Queens. Good luck with that. <laughs> in high school, I had to. Okay, so back on track. So, as we all know, we all know, um, craft beer is booming, right? Um, it, here's crazy. It's a billion-dollar industry. According to the Brewers Association, get this, I've got a lot of numbers coming. Surprising that it's a $17 billion industry. Keep yeah. going. Um, that's because they hide all the money. Uh, the number of operating craft breweries continued to climb in 2021, which is crazy considering it was the pandemic. It's now reached an all-time high, and these are numbers from 2021, so I'm sure they've adjusted a bit, but stay with me. 9,118 breweries. Um, there are, it includes 1,886 microbreweries, 3,307 brew pubs, 3,702 taproom breweries, and 223 regional craft breweries. Wow. It's a lot. It's a lot of numbers. But, and there's a big but, sadly, only about 50 of those are minority-owned, which is less than 1% of the industry. I mean, we can't agree. I mean, we can all agree. It's terrible. It's very, very low. Now, in the D.C. area, there are 11 brewing companies. You probably know each and every one. Minus else. one as of last week. Oh, no, really? Yeah, three stars closed. <gasps> I didn't know that. So we have 10, I stand corrected, we have 10 brewing companies. But here's the thing. Only one is woman-owned. Only one is minority-owned. And only there's only a handful of African-American female brewers. But what is fortunate for us is today's designated drinker actually represents all of those things. Um, all of those titles. She is the founder and CEO of Urban Garden Brewing. She is Imani Collier. Collier? Collier. Collier, yes. Collier. I almost had it right. It's a very fancy name. I love it. It is very fancy. <laughs> Not like Gina Sirsavani is, yeah. isn't fancy. It's uh, it's long and annoying. <laughs> Imani's pretty, though. Yeah, Imani's very pretty. Yeah. What does that mean? Faith. Mm. Yes. So she's as pretty as her name is. Um, so, but she's also brilliant, and that's the point. And that's why she's here, because she's obviously very creative. And I'd love to jump right in and find out how did your journey into becoming a beer maven began? Well, so I got into the um, industry like right in college. I worked at the distillery, kind of paid my way through college in Savannah. I was not old enough to drink, but I kind of learned about the beers through smell and like through colors and, you know, just that's kind of where I got my start. When I came back home from college, I went right into working at another brewery that I did beer college, beer school. I was still too young to drink, but I was able to learn all the things about it. Oh, that's really interesting. You did that before you were able to, old enough to drink. Oh, that's yeah, cool. Yeah, so I got to learn a lot about the process of making beer, what beer is, long before I was able to even taste the beer. 
Uh, and so like right after that, like, you know, I kind of just stayed in the industry because it's just just one of those industries, <laughs> you know, you, you started it, you just like kind of get sucked in. sucked in. You get sucked in. It's like a fucking vortex. It's literally a vortex. So yeah, so I say that. Um, and then from there, I just kind of stayed in the industry in D.C. and just worked through different like restaurants that highlighted like craft beer till um, finally I started working at Right Proper Brewing Company. Um, and right. I. Yes. Do you still love them? I love them. Okay. So okay. I'm just making sure that we're still in love <laughs> yes. with them. I stayed with them for seven years. I've carried a lot of their beer all over time. We absolutely love Right Proper. And so from there, you know, it was a hands-on brewery. So I was able to really just, and by then I started drinking beer. And I think Right Proper was just so amazing because it was beer that I've never, like, seen before they focus a lot on ales and funky styles so yeah so I just kind of stayed stayed with them <laughs> and I learned so much like, like books and education I've been able to brew on the equipment hands-on and so yeah from there it was kind of history and like when I was working with Right Proper I actually decided I wanted to start home brewing so while working there I was actually home brewing and making my own recipes and my first homebrew equipment was actually gifted by a manager there. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so that's how I got into beer. So it's been about I think about 10 years now. So wow. Yeah. I mean Right Proper can't be that much older than 10 years. How old is that place? It's got to be like 10 years. Yeah, I, they're, I think, open eight years now. Eight years. There you go. Wow. That's not that long. Yeah. You're talking about a very, I mean, you're you're very young, which is kind of amazing that you did this beforehand. We were just talking about this on a, another show. We were talking about teaching people the businesses of, like, distilling, beer, um, brewing, all of that, because it is a humongous industry and export for our country. Yes. And, like... We don't do that here. Like, will they do that in generations all over the world except for here? Like, you can't look at it, don't smell it, nothing. I think I was very, I don't know if it was destiny, but (laughs) I think I was very blessed to have all of the knowledge that I was able to gather prior to starting. Because I think it just kind of built me up. By the time I got out of all of the beer school stuff, I just knew that I could do it. So I was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to make my own beer now. Like. So, yeah, it's, it's been definitely a blessing. And, yeah. I've never met a brewer that can't cook. So I'm assuming that you're a great cook as well. I mean, and I, I don't even think it's real that that's like, like it's impossible because so much of what you do is based on like, I mean, at least, in, and correct me if I say anything wrong, is just based on that like basic, like you're looking at it and you're smelling it. And then all of a sudden it just hits where you want it to like land and then you stop the process and start the draining and, you know, the cooling process. Yes, I know how to cook. (laughs) Yeah, so, I mean, it's like so much like making a soup, right? Like in a bizarre way. I don't know how to describe it. That's actually how beer kind of started, like barley soup. Like they were making soups and they were drinking this soup made of like fermented barley in Egypt. Talking specifically about Egypt. And the women, they would make these soups and they were drinking the soups and they were like, whoa, we're lit. (laughs) <laughs> best beer. You're like, damn, this is some good soup. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm very familiar with the the ancient Egyptian practices, but the first documented beer recipe actually came from Somalia, I, I believe. But it started as soup. 
So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not too far away from, from Egypt, right? I mean, it's all right there. It all, everything came from that part of the world. Well, it's obviously. Yeah. I mean, it's the beginning of time there. Right. I mean, well, the other thing, well, the truth is, is that... Documented time. Documented time. Well, I, that's what, yeah. well, that's what I say. Well, what really happened is that's the part of the world where things started to be written down or in some kind of language, an established language. That's why we can go back to those spaces. Yeah. But yeah. So do you think that how you make cocktails is similar? Is it like soup? No. I mean, because you craft them. I love when you talk about this, but I mean, the way you make cocktails, I see the exact same way. No, it's a witch's potion. <laughs> I literally look up all the things and put a cast spell on somebody and I throw it in a fucking glass. I'm like, did you like it? And they're like, I loved it. Like, interesting. It's a love spell. <laughs> So see, I'm, I'm here with you. See, I wasn't going to say that, but yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that, that was me. When I make my beer, I, I talk to it. Like, I love you. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to be delicious. I mean, you have an interesting. <laughs> so let, well, it's very interesting. So um, how I got to experience your beer for the first time was awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, a gentleman came and dropped it off in the store. And all of a sudden, I walk in the store one day, and I didn't realize this was for the podcast. And it's stocked up on the shelf. And I go, what is that? And Brian's like, oh, this guy came in. He's so cool, dude. And he's making this chamomile beer. And I go, okay. <laughs> and he's like, yeah. I'm like, where's the invoice? So I can see what it is. He's like, oh, there's no invoice. I'm like, someone just dropped off cans to you and you stocked it on the shelf. He's like, oh, yes, yeah. so it was for you. I go, what if it was poison? He's like, oh, I didn't think of that. I was like, yeah. So I'm like, let's just take it off and we'll take it we'll, <laughs> and we'll try it. So we took it off, we drink it, and I'm like, well, it's not poison. Also, I still have no idea you're going to be on the podcast, right? So I'm saying, this just happens last week. So I'm like, fuck, what is this? So all of a sudden, I get my my episode notes, and I see now everything starts coming together, what it is. And I'm like, well, we got to stop drinking, so I have to bring it to the podcast. <laughs> and I'm like, we're drinking it, and I'm like, it's like a cocktail. He's like, what well, has honey in it? I go, I know, but it's not like drinking like, a traditional style, like beer, right? It's like it's like effervescent and airy. I'm like, so like, well, I wonder what kind of yeast. I mean, did you ask any questions? You're like, nah. I'm like, great. So now I'm going to ask you all the questions. So can we open this? Can we just get into <laughs> yes, it? Yes. All right. So, so um, it's Camelite, right? Am I right? Okay. Um, Urban Garden Brewing. I love the name of your company. Thank you. That's real. Got very excited to see me. Um, I, I want to go through the tasting this, and then we'll back we'll backtrack into how like that started, but. Now so, that they opened them. So yeah. a traditional blonde ale to me has always been banana, peely, very, you know, um, maybe it has some fruit tones to it. Whatever. I ain't got no nails. I know. She's so cute. Um, you can tell now you can tell she doesn't bartend anymore. That's why. <laughs> I, use, I use one of the, the openers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the church. Um, and like, and it just is really, really, it's very pretty. I'm, in, I'm going to assume it's unfiltered, yes? Yeah, unfiltered. Yeah. Um, but smell it, because it smells yeah. really great. It smells all of them open as well. It's like yummy, right? So you still get that little banana. Feel. Oh, that's that's delicious. I am not a beer drinker, and this is delicious. I have to make a shirt that says that, because we get that all the time. It's my favorite, I, especially like when we're out doing tastings. Someone will say, oh, I don't really like beer. And I'm like, well, you have to try this. And it's like, well, I don't like beer, but this is really good. Yeah, this is really nice. Is that honey finish crazy? The honey finish is crazy. I I, I just, there isn't much. I I mean, 
I swear to God, there's cinnamon so, in here, but I'm not sure what there is. No, there's there's not cinnamon. What is it's, it? So with the chamomile and honey, I dry hopped with tetaning, and tetaning has a lot of like Earl Grey kind of tea-like flavors. So I think it just played really nicely with the chamomile and the honey to kind of make those spiced tea-like. It's it so good, it right? Really Thank you. Good. What I like about it is it's it's light, it's refreshing, but it's she's there. You know that she leaves an impression. It's not like it's, you know, some light beards are like, hey, you might as well, uh, there's not much else there. This is really interesting. It's really nice. It's, it's so just so, lingers. So our listeners know, and Amani, you know, Louise does not drink beer. No. Like 100%. Like we will have beer tasting and she'll be like, oh, I'm not drinking that. And like she just doesn't. She'll taste everything. She'll, her husband's a big beer drinker and she doesn't drink it. So kudos on this. But I think it's really great. I, also, Gina's opinion is one that only really matters. And also, your art on the can is also really great. So let's just get into it. So you come up with this idea. This was your first recipe that you wanted to do? Yes. So back when I was homebrewing, I kind of knew when I went into homebrewing, I already knew that I wanted to make my own recipes. I wanted to make a business. So when I went there, I kind of just was like, all right, you know what? I'm going to focus on these styles. And I'm going to narrow it down to whatever's best. I definitely use my family and friends as test dummies. We'll, we'll have like fun little get togethers. And so with the, through the five things that I did, I narrowed it down to three. Camelite was the one specifically that like the ladies in my family that don't drink beer, they absolutely loved. And I also did like, you know, with my uncles and stuff who are like more like into IPAs or like whip beers, they also loved it. So I just knew that, okay, when I finally launched my company, this is going to be my first recipe because I wanted to come into it with something that was approachable for everyone, especially since the scene is oversaturated with like, you know, IPAs and not that that's anything wrong, but I wanted to introduce a beer that can be enjoyed by more people, you know. Well, it's interesting what you did with, so here comes my brand hat and brand strategy, it's interesting what you did is every brand needs to differentiate. They need to be different from everyone else that's out there, right? You've got to carve out a niche to be you and stand on that, every brand. Which funny is you did that, but then went played the reverse card and said, I'm gonna get something that goes across the masses, but yet I'm gonna be completely unique and different. So that's a very unusual and somewhat difficult space to navigate. That's that's. I think I applaud you for that. That's a that's a tough thing to do to say I'm going to be very unique and very different, but I want to make a product that crosses across. I'm not going to narrow into a specific demographic. You went wide. That's that's interesting. And I think I think the reason why it did do so well is because I went for a demographic that is normally like kind of overlooked. You know, mm -hmm. I know that. You know, we like to just sip and, and and enjoy. We like cocktails. We like light stuff. We like teas. I went for a demographic that normally doesn't really have much in the market for them, you know? Yeah. So I think that's why I did so well. And then that, I I worked on this recipe. I Before I made it a beer, I made it a tea. I tried a oh, few things. Yeah. The actual, so this is the first launch that I did was the our limited edition and that one actually had green tea in it. So it was chamomile, green tea, and honey. So when I before launching God, this that must have been so expensive to brew. It, <laughs> it was it was it was good. It, so it was a it was our first launch and we launched it out to the public. I only did a five barrel contract batch. That way I can, you know, test it out, did a big launch. Everyone loved it. Um, 
I even rebranded the can. So the original design was a little darker. It was more like castle, kind of Camelot kind of vibe. <laughs> so from everything from the rebranding to um, kind of revising the flavors, I, I had it with us in mind, women, BIPOC community. And yes, yeah, so I'm very proud. It's yeah. funny if you had to put like, so in my world, we always want to make things male or female. We have colors to them. We have adjectives that we put things in like you know we work out are you orange are you energetic are you fun all these things that we do this is what we do it's funny is when I see your branding I of course did research um about you before coming on the show and now finally tasting the liquid it's very feminine but not and I don't mean that in a flighty way I mean in a really strong you have a very strong sense of you and I feel that through your through your brand and through now tasting the beer. It's a very, I think it's lovely. I don't mean that in a negative way at all. I think that it's it's feminine, but playful, but it's serious in that it's it's not um, airy-fairy. It's like, I don't know, it's really well done. I like it a lot. Thank I like, you. Airy-fairy. You know, because a lot of times, you know, like when women, when they say, oh, it's very feminine or women in female ways, it can be taken as a negative. Like it's flighty, it's not grounded. These are negative terms of what often follow that statement. And I'm trying to clarify, if I may, I, I definitely get that I don't coming. mean it that way. No, I mean I it the opposite. Get, yeah, I definitely get where you're coming from. And it's really cool because I've never had a complaint from a man drinking this beer saying it's too girly. Yeah. So we go to events and, you know, our creative director goes around and gets footage and like, they're like, yeah, we got this beer. And that, that makes me happy because it's like, again, it's not to be like, this is a beer for women. It's more like this is a beer that women can also enjoy. Yeah. You know, it's so. just, and it just has a very feminine approach. And it's only 4.5, right? ABV. So you can drink this shit all day long. Yes. yes. <laughs> this is a good session. Yes. <laughs> all right, question. Uh-oh. Here we go. Urban Garden Brewery. Go. Where are we located? Where did this come from, this name? Oh, okay. So Urban Garden Brewing. So we just, um, we represent cultivation growth in an urban environment. I myself am born and raised in Washington, D.C., and I watched the entire city change around me. Meanwhile, I'm in my uncle's backyard using herbs and spices and putting them in the beer in his urban garden. So the the name to me really represents not just like my growth, but everyone that has come along for the ride, our growth with growth within this this city, you know. So we essentially like to say that we are the garden, we are the roses that grew from the concrete, and we are using this platform to inspire and give other people a platform to grow with us. So that's where the, the name has come from. And on top of that, I just love flowers and spices <laughs> and herbs. So all of my recipes are focused on those, using different tea blends or using different herbs to you know to highlight those herbs in a beer so interesting i seriously want her to like stand in the middle of the street and be like and you will drink this and like it <laughs> do you know what i mean like i don't even know her little, i know i can't i can't describe to you how like this like it's like overcoming to me like how much it feels like uh, um you just feel good thank it's you airy. it's a feel-good beer I mean, it's a. It, it's, there are beers I think it's that are a whole like brand, that. though. I mean, yeah. you know, the, there are people. There are brands that just don't stand up to. They're not true to their brand. They they say I'm this, and they do these things, and they have these certain people who speak on their brand, but they're never really that brand. There, it's just a bunch of talk. It feels like you are 
living your brand from the from the way you approach it to to the fact that you you care about your community the product is lovely you put a lot of work into it and there's a lot of thought into it that's where I, maybe where I'm saying it's fun. Maybe it's because it's so thoughtful. Yes, and I put a lot of love into it. Similar to you know making potions, it's <laughs> it's, it's just it's just always been like um, therapeutic to me. But I always say they're like, oh, my beer is brewed with love, and I would love for people to drink it and feel the love. You yeah. know, so that's cute. So um, does it have any uh, eye of newt in it? Then that's what I need to know. No. Okay. No. No. Eye of newt. So it can't be a potion without eye of newt. Every witch has to have. Wait, I need to. I need to know it. this in. Um, wait, I need to know this. I just read this in her in here. It says that you were a DC beer influencer. For what does that mean? So, <laughs> see, in my world, that means you're an alcoholic. <laughs> so basically, when I came into the beer game, I when I did my first beer release was actually in collaboration with Right Popper. Both of my beers, I actually named them after my song. So, because I'm also a lyricist, um, you know, I don't know. I don't have a genre for my my music. But anyway, so we'll I... will be singing in a moment, so I hope to get ready. So I, we I, have I, some shots out there. We yeah, I know. Let's go to tequila. This will be a whole new show. I'm more on the rapper side. But yeah, so anyways, I, I released this beer named it after my song, and the city kind of just like went wild. And so DC Beer did um, an article on it, and it was it was such an amazing thing because I, so I did this beer, named it, it was called Strawberry High, named it after my song. Then I curated a whole event where I had actual artists come out and perform. We had vendors, and it was just a new, new people like, that, normally don't drink beer. So I did that and then I did the second release. And so, yeah, and so that kind of, that's kind of how I made a little name for myself. It became, I was also in like Washington Former and it became like, oh, DC's art, DC rapper artist, the Vibe Queen, booze teams up with DC Brewery to make a beer. And so that's that. And then I started the Traveling Beer Babe, which was me basically kind of going to different breweries, talking about different beer styles, interviewing different people in beer, and just kind of helping to influence that culture. I mean, there's a lot of beer influencers in D.C., but I think that's how I kind of added my influence. That's amazing. I, who are the cocktail influencers? And that's what I want to say. definitely. Yeah, I mean. But she doesn't go around drinking other people's things and telling everybody she's an influencer of it. Yeah. She's busy as shit. <laughs> I see her every day working. And that is where I think true success comes in where you're able to look at this and see there are all these things that I, and you, I'm borrowing your words, is bridge the gap to make smart business moves and to position yourself to grow. At a, and, and in the meantime, you're taking people with you. And that's what means more than anything. I mean, not more than anything, but that is applaudable. That's yeah, awesome. And, it, and again, it's not... When I say DC beer inflation, I don't mean it in like a cliche way, like, oh yeah, like people, I, you know, send me stuff and I'm the sponsor. But I think it's really important that we recognize that through the Black Blue movement, through young people, through what we're doing, it, it's influencing the scene. We, we have to, we have to add influence in it so it can yes. change and we can have more diversity and inclusion. So it's been a common thread is that we can't, we have to stop waiting and asking for permission. We have to start yep. doing. Yep. And part of it is, fuck you, I'll, I'll apologize later. Um, because I think that 
that's been a big part of what we've been talking about lately is that we just have to stop one saying sorry and asking for permission. And until we do that, we can only look at ourselves in the mirror for some of the blame. I mean, we're not handed a big piece of Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I like the fact that it's a black-owned brewery. I'm totally into it. Yeah. No, I'm just about women. I know all these things, but if we... I don't want to swallow my politics. No, I'm not saying swallow the politics. I'm just saying that we as women, period. I'm not, this is actually not political at all. It really is. right? No, I know. You're right. You felt right, like, bait. Boom. No, but I'm I'm taking it beyond politics in that it's from an individual standpoint that we and it's your day to, it's your daily life, how you vote, absolutely. That's a whole nother story, but like how we carry ourselves through the world, you yourself become an influencer of that little girl who just sees you for the first time or that young girl that goes, Oh, well she how old is she? Wait, she's doing what? Or even it could be the reverse side. I mean my peers, An older woman looking my, at you. My peers, like, you know, again, I'm born and raised from the city. You know, I grew up in the inner city. I mean, I've had the blessing to be able to travel. I've just always been that person. I just want to go see places. But, you know, a lot of my peers, they some of them still can't wrap their head around the fact that I make beer, you know, yeah. <laughs> let alone it's in a store or at a bar. So it's really that, like, just inspiring others to live your wildest dreams, you know? Yeah. So seeing someone that you went to middle school and elementary school, and again, we're talking politics, like, I mean, the state of the city for a lot of people, like a whole community has been just kind of priced out of the market, you know? Yeah. And so just being able to like, kind of be like that beacon of like hope, like, look, we're going to find our place in the madness and we're going to get it done. You know, yeah. that's, I think is is just really important because a lot of people's dreams have been deferred, you know? Yeah. Yep. They just kind of... Um fall off yeah the I mean ether, it's everything is changing and so if you if you don't see enough people who look like you or who share the same experience as you or who can relate to your you know your struggles you just you feel like you give up but I think the movement and everyone that I've collabed with from the art collective the black brew movement like just seeing how many people are gravitating to craft beer that wasn't in the industry just a couple of years ago. You know, it's just been a beautiful thing. It's been amazing. You know what else is beautiful? <laughs> Your tips and tricks. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what? I'm going to have another beer. Yeah. All right. Time so for your tips and we're tricks. Gonna, we're going to go do a little tips and tricks. All right. I have your tip. Here we go. You know, being food wasteful is something that we definitely don't do here at Designated Drinker. So what we are going to do, though, is turn this cantaloupe and all the ends and everything into a wonderful puree. Now, we all know that inside of here, I'm going to set this aside. You know inside of here you have all these seeds, right? Well, what you also have in here is like a lot of water that's left. So you kind of like want to make sure that you're just going to utilize that. And if you cut off the top, you can see where your seed pot is and you can really avoid it. If you are just a little careful and a little patient, you can keep everything encapsulated in here. And if you are a gardener and you bought this and it was organic, you can 100% plant this and make your own cantaloupe um, seeds and germinate them. We have to dry them out first. Anyway, so what we're going to do is we're going to make cantaloupe puree or slash water, right? So we're going to take our cantaloupe and we're going to just throw it in the blender, right? So, so silly and so simple. And we're just going to take all of this and we're going to dump that in as well. And we're going to puree it and we're going to make a water. So 
you know, utilize all this, drink it, it's delicious. But what we are gonna put in here while we're doing that is a little bit of cinnamon, because I love cinnamon and cantaloupe. It's probably one of my favorite things. Um, there's a drink in India, which I totally love, which is legitimately pureed cantaloupe and cinnamon. And it's like something that like, for some reason, it's found in a lot of classic Indian restaurants. And like, I just love it. So we're gonna take that and we're gonna puree it. So what you have left is just this delicious, um, you know, wonderful, like juice puree. It's full of like all kinds of nutritious deliciousness, all foamy, beautiful cinnamon. I mean, you could drink this all day. Cheers. So that was all cantaloupe, not cantaloupe. <laughs> cantaloupe. Oh my God. Cantaloupe, not cantaloupe. <laughs> I had to throw in a dad joke. I haven't had one at all in this episode. See, I mean, you know, I'm trying to teach you how to not be wasteful with your melons and you're making dad jokes at me. I oh, mean. That's a whole nother dad joke about being wasteful with your melons. Oh my but, God. you know, hello. Oh, hold in the show. <laughs> let me tell you right now, Neil's going to be listening to this when he goes, what, what can we do with cantaloupes? I'm like, whatever, Neil. Yeah, right. I know. I know. All right. Who is also a dad, so I'm bringing, he is I'm bringing Neil he to the show. terrible joke. My husband yeah. has terrible jokes. Yes. Um. So where are they going to go to get this tips and tricks? You're going to go to Designated Drinker Not Show or you're going to go to Designated Drinker on Instagram or whatever we're calling it these days. And you can watch this um, there and you can DM and send questions or tag us and whatever you need us to be, we are going to show you. Yes. And um, Gina's got tons of tips every week or every other week. We have a new tip coming up. So please make sure you check those out. And don't be wasteful. Don't be wasteful. And so um, the other thing is, if you didn't catch that, don't worry. Just go into your episode notes, um, and you'll have live links there. Easy for me to say. We'll also make sure that you have um, uh, links to get to Urban Garden Brewing, so you can see what's going on there. Check out so the. Cute. I'm being very. I'm trying to enunciate all my words. Apparently, no, I drank I the whole beer. Yeah, well. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm almost. Uh, I'm literally. It's ridiculous. Yeah, professional drinkers we are. All right, let's so, go. Let's go. All right. This does bring us to the end of part one, but don't worry, don't worry, we have more Imani coming. Um, if you're like Gina and I, you're gonna want a second round of drinks. So come back to part two, go off and top off your drink and get ready for part two of this episode as we continue our boozy banter with Imani and Gina is about to make an amazing cocktail. You're not gonna wanna, you're not gonna wanna miss that one. The Designated Drinker Show is produced by Missing Link, a podcast media company that is dedicated to connecting people to intelligent, engaging, and informative content. Also in the Missing Link lineup of podcasts is Roger That, a podcast dedicated to guiding you through the haze of dementia, led by skilled caregivers Bobby and Mike Carducci. Now, if you're looking for a whole new way to enjoy the theater, check out Between Acts, an immersive audio theater podcast experience. Each episode takes you on a spellbinding journey through the works of newfound playwrights, from dramas to comedies and everything in between. Find Missing Link's League of Podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. Please don't forget to subscribe, download, and review the shows. Your review helps our shows reach new audiences. To find out more about Missing Link, visit missinglink.company. That's missinglink.company. 